a longtime Marvel sidekick finally gets the spotlight. Uh, interesting potential new casting for Thunderbolt Ross. Uh, a review of the new horror movie Smile. <laughs> and a conversation about our favorite classic horror films. All today, welcome to the madness. Hello, everyone. Hello, Morgan. <laughs> Hello, the machine. I, I thought know. I was the Morgan. I thought that <laughs> I was, know. That was what we when you, I have to respond like that when you say it first. But when I That's say it true. first, I can just say Morgan. <laughs> Should have. I shouldn't have said the machine. Then should I? <laughs> just, it's all just, gonna be weird. You just messed it all up. Okay. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake! So I when I say it first, you should just say "hello, machine." But when you say "the machine," then I can say "the Morgan." Well, now we haven't we quite know. worked it out yet. <laughs> now we know for the future. It's hello, hi, How hello, are we? everyone. Hello, Morgan, the Morgan, all of the things. <laughs> all of the things. How are we? Are we excited about all that? Janine was laughing during the intro. It was because I was doing an impression of the person from Smile, yeah, and just was pretty smiling creepily at everybody looking straight into the camera. I wasn't actually doing it quite to the same degree yeah you were they doing do it, it earlier and it was pretty freaky <laughs> it should be it was it was it was supposed to be yes whenever 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 anybody smiles like they do in smile it's freaky and creepy and will haunt you for days which is kind of the purpose of of, of the movie smile and yeah. also kind of what happens to everybody who goes seeing it it is certainly an element of what we're going to be talking about on today's show we are of course as janine said carrying the spooky season theme going ahead um talking some particularly favorite old horror movies today i think Ginny, which is something we obviously like on it's a wonderful podcast and and all things us Yes, um, we love horror, we love spooky season. So yeah, I hope to we can do more kind of fun celebrations of things within the horror sphere all month long. Of course, and of course we will be doing exactly that. Well, I think it's probably time for me to ask the famous question. Is it at this point a famous question? 18 I mean... <laughs> episodes into the show, yeah, is it, is it a famous so. question? Yes, I think so. So, Janine, so a lot is up, Morgan. We have a lot yes. of fun things to talk about today, including a review of said movie, Smile. Well, should we begin this week's episode by talking about Smile then? Because it was the kind of big movie release, or at least big worldwide release yes. of this past weekend, because, you know, my annoyance at release uh, different release dates for the year's big horror movies in particular yes. is very frustrating yes. for me because uh, i would love to talk barbarian with you but that has not been released yet well, th there's been there's been all these reviews that we've been putting up on the youtube channel recently um 90 of which have just been you simply because i haven't been able to watch yes. those movies yet you don't even have a foreseeable release date for pearl so that's no. just like really depressing 
Um, it is. So yeah, you're missing out on some awesome horror, and I want to pick your brain and talk to you about it, but you're not seeing it yet. So this well, is one we movie you were able to see, so we can review that together. <laughs> Certainly. Smile. Yes. yes. Okay. I mean, you, you're kind of better at, at opening a review than I am. So yes. you open the review and I'll come in with, with what's going on in the okay, movie. Okay. So Smile from first time director Parker Finn starring uh, a Nepo baby, <laughs> Sosie Sosie Bacon, uh, daughter of Kevin Bacon and Kira Sedgwick, uh, Kyle Gallner, uh, Jesse T. Williams, uh, or Jesse T. Usher, sorry. Um, and yeah, a, a brand new horror movie, new director, uh, with a lot of very similar kind of aspects about it. Did you feel the movie was tropey then? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying it was very easily. They weren't really breaking any new ground with it. So while I feel like it was a very well-made film for a first-time director, it looked great. The performances were good. Um, it wasn't... We've seen a lot of horror this year that has been doing something different, doing something new, putting, you know, flipping tropes on their head, kind of playing within those tropes and doing kind of unexpected things with them. Yeah. Um, but this film didn't really want to try to do anything like that. They kind of were just sticking with their story, sticking to kind of things that we've seen before. Like I could literally name off the top of my head, like four other movies that feel very similar to this. Um, I mean, that, that comes from a, that comes from a stylistic point of view as well, though, doesn't it? From, yes. I suppose the director, and when we're talking about first time directors, I suppose first time directors, you know, once in, in a, a very rare occasion, a first-time director will come in, someone like, you know, Robert Eggers, and just do something completely unique in a style yeah. that's unlike what pretty you much everybody before. else is yeah. doing in mm -hmm. that, you know, realm of movies that they may be making movies in. Um, what we get with Smile is, I think, quite a... Maybe a textbook director in the sense that here are all the things, how to direct a movie. Okay, we'll do that then. Yeah, we'll, and he we'll did it well. And, that. and I did. think he executed it well. So I, I did find the movie enjoyable. I did find it kind of tense and suspenseful. I feel like there were a little bit of try hard kind of moments. Like um, after kind of the fifth or sixth, like weird slow camera pan or camera flip or yeah. upside down shot it was a little kind of overdone and it felt like it was just trying too hard to be unnerving and put you off kilter the first couple times i was like okay this is definitely kind of building a bit of tension um giving this kind of weird voyeuristic quality i like i'm liking this but then it just kind of became like now you're just doing it just to do it because you think it's doing something but now it's a little bit overkill like you're trying a little too hard the the strength of smile for me is in its thematic story i i i find it very interesting of the idea of a a, a smiling uh, otherworldly entity yeah who that feeds on the on the trauma, trauma of people yeah. uh, people's traumatic experiences and particularly preys on those who have witnessed trauma whose mind is just heavily affected by that. I think yeah. it plays a lot 
with I think it plays a lot with the delusions that our mind can tell ourselves. I think yeah. it plays a lot with the idea of sometimes not being able to trust your own mind. Yeah. Um, and it certainly plays a hell of a lot with, you know, this kind of manifestation of, of trauma and the pattern you see, the mystery element to smile and those, and that, thematic element i thought were really really strong and i i I really like that sort of stuff it's a very very dark grim kind of movie at its core it feels thematically like a 70s horror movie to me yeah it's just so miserably grim at its core (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but you can't but you 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 really appreciate it for that because i think the story is very very well told it's well put out um and very very interesting to look past the surface of and and delve deep into those into those themes of it because i think that the the fascinating to kind of get into and the performances convey those that you know the performances in in the movie are very very strong yes i think for me where I w- i'm not going to say it falls apart because i certainly enjoyed watching the movie is that it was just it almost could have done with being slower treating the <laughs> tension as quieter and it, the 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 tense i found it an offensively loud movie okay you know when it when it wanted to scare you it literally screamed at your face made okay. some ridiculously loud noise and like rang an alarm bell it was so loud when it wanted to scare you every scare in this movie was startling yeah. not actually scary which okay. was a shame. Because I, I liked, like, the the moment that scared me the most was that very kind of quiet scare of when she's at the fridge and she kind of turns and yes. she sees she sees the image. Yeah. And notice that, that one yeah. didn't make a ridiculously loud no, noise. No, it was very quiet. Um, and then the rest were I very much, like you said, very kind of loud um, they were, and you can see the thing is you can see jump the jump scares. scare. You can see the vast majority of jump scares in this movie. And look, okay, it's not absolutely rammed full of jump scares. It's not a, a complete horrendous jump scare fest where you're just like, no, what and I, I think they watching, did use them watching this movie for. And I, and I think, like yeah, that. and I think they did use the jump scares in in ways that fit the plot and not just of course, like, and not just to to throw you off you know certainly no absolutely they, they were all plot-based jump scares which i appreciated over like oh a cat just pops out from nowhere or something you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely they did i i just think the the story was more intelligent than the execution of the story okay in terms of the fact that the, the scares were fairly easy to spot jump scares most of the time you're like oh i wonder what's coming up in a minute oh what a surprise a big loud noise and a smile ah shocker you know and i'm just i'm sat there in in the cinema going yep that's gonna happen and yes it does and i'm not somebody who does that 
you know but i could yeah, tell by the way the movie yeah. was being presented to me that i knew i knew when the scares were coming yeah. i knew when when i say the vast majority of the scares were coming and this movie the fact that it, it is uh, like i said a uh, quite you know pleasantly intelligent story dealing with manifestation of of trauma yeah. and childhood trauma and things like that very very clever concepts that it deals with really really well why not traumatize your audience rather than startle your audience why not have your audience sat there for an hour and 50 minutes of this movie not knowing when the hell they're gonna finally be able to scream yeah and then it would have been this interactive kind of thing with what's happening to the characters in the movie because i yeah. like that um i don't know if this is too much of a spoiler so if if you know well, you mild want... spoilers yeah, perhaps. mild spoiler I, I you know i liked that the entity was just kind of the idea of wanting to spread trauma as opposed to like yeah. a little ghost girl out for revenge or something yeah, it like was, that you it know it was a completely otherworldly entity kind of, yeah it was not it's not any kind of creature but it's an no. entity that's just you know hell-bent on spreading trauma it's like um, it follows with being you know an entity that's hell-bent on stopping people having fun yeah, times so, so yeah so definitely one of the comparisons that i was thinking of when i saw this movie very much so stuff yeah. like the happening um the ring definitely gave me kind of vibes oh yeah well. a little bit a little bit of the ring yeah. actually yeah um so yes i liked that that's kind of what what was kind of pushing this thing to kind of continue moving forward and torturing people. So had they kind of thrown elements that were going to bring us into that trauma and, and tension, then it would have kind of been this united kind of viewing experience where we were feeling just as much trauma as yes, the people exactly. in the movie. And then it's like this entity is winning on all fronts because exactly. now we, you know, we're in the trauma as well. We um, sat there so on edge and yeah, I was I was I was on edge when the movie wanted me to be on edge, but I was relieved when the jump scare happened. And that's the it can be the great thing with jump scares. There's some phenomenal jump scares in horror history, of course there is. But it's it works for certain types of horror movies, and I don't think jump scares work for kind of deeply thematic mystery horror movies that this actually was and i didn't yeah. think it would i didn't you know I, I didn't really know much about this movie going in at all i did not think it was going to be this kind of mystery movie um again i suppose it, in many ways in that it, it feels a little bit like a 70s movie yeah you know where you your protagonist is trying to find out what the hell's kind of what the hell supernatural force is kind of going on yes um and we're never quite sure, but it's somehow linked to, you know, their past, which is exactly what's going on. Um, jump scares work in slasher movies, for the most part. Jump scares don't work in, in those movies. You need a boiling pot tension in yeah. those movies. You need a real quiet uh, intensity that the movie feel... doesn't have. 
Yes. And you want it to feel a bit maddening because you're seeing somebody have this descent into madness. And so you want to feel that you want to sit in that. And I think had they kind of given us those opportunities a little bit more as, as a viewer, um, I think it could have definitely made for a more rewarding kind of watching experience. But I mean, Sosie Bacon does a great job because I mean, we see her she does. clean cut professional at the start yeah, and then actually she kind does. of gets more and more mad and people aren't really believing her. And, you know, she's kind of sinking into this insanity and craziness. Um, it's very believable and it's very kind of stressful just because you're like, ah, why won't anyone believe her? But obviously who's going to believe, yeah, you know, well, exactly these kind of crazy things happening. And so and it's the then that other of kind of pattern. frustration as, you know, what, when you watch movies like that, you're just frustrated because, you know, you're seeing everything that's happening with her and nobody's believing her. And so now she's just looking like a crazy person and more and more things happen that make her look more and more crazy. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So she, she definitely did a good job of playing descent into madness. Absolutely. I mean, I, I really felt the, 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 just the nervousness from her, the real panic yeah. from her performance. I thought it was really well done. Um, and let's call it what it is. I, I do think Smile has one of the creepiest visuals in years in a horror movie that's p just pure, out-of-context creepy. I mean, you've seen all this marketing go about for it where people turn up at sports events and just market the movie Smile by just smiling straight into the camera and just yes, staring. Yes, it's terrifying. That's what I mean. Out of context, that visual I think will live on. Yes, and I think um, it's kind of also smartly uh, playing with trauma in terms of you don't really show your trauma to people. You put a smile yeah. on and hide yeah. it um, Absolutely. And, and move on with your life. So in putting this kind of creepy, you know, forced smile on people's faces as it's kind of doing its, you know, killing. Yeah. Um, it's like you putting a smile, that band-aid of a, of a facade of everything being okay over the trauma. And it's just like a very uh, unsettling um, kind of interpretation of that, I think. Yeah, so I thought that was absolutely. kind of a cool thing. I mean, one more thing, I suppose, I, I just will mention as we, as we kind of wrap this first review up, I suppose, yeah. um, is just the fact that there's certain scenes, and I, again, I won't give spoilers or anything like that, where... It seemed like they were using practical effects. And if they weren't using practical effects, it was really impressively done. Yeah, it looked really good. Um, but in the fact that it looked so tangible, it looked like you could touch some of this real nasty stuff that was happening. Yeah. Because let's call it what it is. It's a, it's quite a gory movie Yes, at times. Um, but some of the practical effects were, were really quite good, it's particularly towards the end. I like the kind of... Um, should we say when our smiling demon is at their most uh, demonic? Yeah. Should we should we go for that statement? I, I really liked yeah. the the kind of aesthetic of that. I mean, at times it came off a little bit, a little bit goofy. A touch. I mean, almost like um, it reminded me of uh, it chapter two um the scene at the old lady's house yeah. that kind of it gave that kind of energy yeah but too much away <laughs> it did it did actually yeah but um there was a scene in that i think where it opens it opens up and it, it does it open up its own mouth 
And oh yes, I really mm-hmm. like that. I really yeah. like that visual. Yeah, there I were some it's... very cool, unsettling visuals in this in this movie for sure. It's um, a good movie. It's a yes. good, good movie. I just yes. wished it had been more quietly intense rather than offensively loud. Yeah, I which agree. is is kind of all I can all I can say yeah. about Smile. And overall, I think good performances. Um, Hail, I like. Go on, take it. Yes, <laughs> um, I like Kyle Gallner in this movie. It just made me sad he wasn't in Scream Five more because he was good in this movie. And then just I don't know what it is like people like uh, Jai Courtney and Jesse T. Usher. They're like really good in TV, but then you put them in movies and they're just they're just not that good of actors. It's weird. Jesse T. Usher is just very uh, just. I, he was just very kind of work in different he, mediums. He I don't know. I don't know. He this line delivery was just very kind of first time actor like, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, those I don't moments... think I felt that necessarily. But well, no. I like in the beginning, I think he was okay. But then in the scene when she's kind of going crazy and he's like trying to talk to her, and she kind of confesses yeah. to him, like, and tries to admit yeah. to him, his delivery is very much like what's going on why are you doing like it just felt very kind of amateurish yes but i mean he's great on the boys uh and so i'm like i've seen him be a good actor but this is just very kind of it was very weird and kind of pulled me out a little bit just to say that but i did really like kyle gellner and i really did like sosie bacon they did a great job in this movie um and yeah, I really enjoyed Smile. Uh, I wish it was, you know, I think I, maybe we've just been spoiled with a lot of kind of originality in horror this year. So I was, kind of, I was kind of hoping for an original kind of uh, kind of twist on something we've seen before. Um, but I mean, I think the originality comes in the aspect of what this entity is and what its, yeah, what its mission it is. Um, as opposed to those other films so i like that it had a unique kind of look at something like that um and that's kind of what it had going for it to make it like stand out a little bit from those other very similarly plotted movies so yeah overall enjoyed smile like i said like you said i think it, it could have benefited from some more quiet scares and more um that would have built the tension better um but overall great performances great kind of fun horror movie if you you know for the kind of crazy visuals and everything going on um so yeah a good a good solid watch for spooky yes. season general applause for smile yay, yay. we like it okay <laughs> do you know what we don't like janine do you know what we don't like and i'd like well do you know what actually we do like that people don't like yes if you know what i mean Yes. Can I just say how happy I am to see the entire population of the world hate on the movie Blonde? I'm sorry, but I don't, I'm not usually like this. Janine, am I usually, do I usually no, have visible you were not disdain very, for you, any you movie? Were not, you are not very petty usually. You're not very gloaty usually. But today no, I'm not. and in this situation. I'm, I am. I am quite petty, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm, I don't gloat. And I certainly... I'm very, very rarely one to actively just <laughs> um, almost petition against a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm literally telling everybody I can find, everybody that speaks to me about movies, about how you should just not be watching this movie and just what it does to 
solely Marilyn's legacy, you know, even. I don't even, even think you said what. <laughs> I don't even think you outright blonde, said what I said you were talking about. Okay, I, I did. I that. said blonde. I, I definitely said blonde. That. <laughs> um, that's what I'm talking got, about. Anyway. I just got caught up with Petty Morgan, I guess. <laughs> but the well, from what I can see, anyway, and I suppose it, it's not. I, I imagine there is people that probably like this movie, but from what I've seen, and maybe it's just because I'm in old Hollywood Twitter, everybody's just hating on it, and it's so fun to just retweet all the positivity about Marilyn and all the don't watch this painfully miserable movie showing okay some real aspects but plenty of fictionalized aspects of Marilyn's yeah. life just and to I... paint her as a as a as an image we speak about images of trauma in smile you're just painting Marilyn Monroe as a, a being of trauma and yes. have some respect for the woman's legacy. Yeah, like she didn't want to be this sexualized thing. And this director just seems very much like I've never come do I know just do I know like him? women because I mean he's quoted as saying things like um this movie is an NC seventeen look at Maryland. Who wouldn't want to see that? Like precisely. I would these are things no would anybody yeah. with any sort of shred of respect. I'm sorry I'm getting angry, but it it, it, no. it has really infuriated me. And even more so now that it, it's come out and, and the actual facts behind, you know, the real details of the movie is now there for everybody to see. Yeah, and I think they felt like they could just bank off of the excuse. Well, it's not a, uh, it's a fictional take. It's not, you know, we're not trying to say that any of this is real. And I think that's kind of the blanket they are putting over themselves to try to protect them from any kind of uh, wrongdoing in this depiction. I think um, the mass public aren't going to realize that. Yeah, but no, but even people who do, who do are fully aware of that fact. They still think it's incredibly disgusting and unnecessary yeah. and totally shitting on Marilyn's legacy because this is depicting all of the things that um, she didn't want to be, you know, and she didn't really want to be projected on her or be, you know, be a portrayal of. So, yeah, I, it's I was number one right now because everyone is kind of watching it to see. And then the, uh, the opinion is like, mostly not good so. i know we 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 spoke a little bit about it when news kind of first came out about why it was going to be so um controversial controversial i suppose yeah, yeah is the right word and i just remember finding out why then and just being like oh my god this is horrific yeah. and should in no way be supported um i i got a message when i woke up this morning as, as we're recording this um from a, a friend from work asking me if i'd watched blonde and i said uh no i've got a ridiculous amount against that movie um please don't watch it and he'd watched it but he was saying like you know this guy told me he he, he loves gentlemen prefer blondes and was just really sad by this movie yeah. and just like you know I want to, you know, his wife loves Marilyn Monroe. He's told, he's actively told his wife, please don't watch this movie. Wow. Um, because, you know, you, you want to remember people as they wanted to be remembered. Yes. Especially when, you know, when they're good people. 
as Marilyn Monroe was, and human people, not images of pain and sexuality. This kind of stuff could be done with with plenty of other people. Yeah. In and around old Hollywood, you think of the people the likes of Judy Garland. And I, yeah. Admittedly, I never watched that. Uh, was it Renee Zellweger? Renee Zellweger, yeah. Judy yeah. Garland movie. Yeah. So I don't know exactly how that treated Judy Garland. But I would like to think any Judy Garland biopic treats her with respect as a human that, yes, went through traumatic experiences, went through plenty of hardships, but comes out celebrating her, not exploiting her, yes. which appears to be very much what the, was the purpose of this does. And um, yes. exactly. And was actually the, the, the intention behind it. Yes. And like the only positive thing people can say about it is that it looks great. The, the, the recapturing of certain scenes is really well done. Cinematography is great. It looks beautiful. Which means nothing. Ana de Armas is are... giving a great performance. But... Sure. I've got nothing against Ana de Armas. I'll just say that. I've got nothing against she's doing what she was told to do as yes. an actor. Nothing then, against Ana de Armas. Yes. And like you hear her talk about like you know, as someone who's not American to play this kind of American icon, um, she would have never gotten that opportunity otherwise. And that's kind of what made her want to take the role. So, but to kind of see what this movie was depicting and how they were depicting her, I have to kind of wonder why she would, what other reason would make yeah. her want to say yes to that, you know? I suppose, I suppose, if I'm taking it out of out of my kind of personal feelings and out of context a little bit it's probably a good acting spectacle for Anna de Armas because she's able to convey a lot of pain and hardship and that's you know always favorable in an acting sense isn't it when you're able to showcase look at all this what you can do I'm um, having can to do. having to you know change her accent and exactly you know, exactly and all, exactly yeah so yeah it's okay probably great that for as, her from that's just a good showcase of her acting ability okay however don't watch the movie don't tell people to watch the movie actively join me in boycotting the movie and hating the movie and i'm sorry because this will be the only time you ever see me this passionately against a movie yeah because like, i do even not if it's a movie you don't like care this. for you aren't telling people not to watch it but in this case but i'm not i i'm not having you know i i know this comes from my love of old hollywood and things like this but i i am not going to stand for somebody who i've always said whenever we've spoken about marilyn on on the main show just remember she way more than just an image she's a fantastic actor she's yeah. a, a charitable human um she was pained she was troubled but she wanted to be remembered a certain way and this is just doing everything to not respect her her wishes to not respect her yeah. life to not respect her the, the positivity that she brought this is yes. doing nothing but exploiting her image as a um troubled um pained over sex symbol yeah mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with being a sex symbol nothing wrong with being a sex symbol but for a movie to come out a fictionalized biopic to come out exploiting that side of it yeah um you wouldn't expect this 
from a, a, a Mae West biopic. No. Would you? If you were to do a Mae West biopic, I'm sure it would be full of confident sexuality. Well, where's that? Because Marilyn yeah, because, was confident. I mean in her sexuality yeah and, and and like i'm hearing that like the depictions of the some of the sexual aspects are abuse related so that's not really great also just kind of this um infantilizing of her you know yeah. showing her call all of her male partners daddy I, i've i've heard in reviews um it's just it's it's yeah. very very bad taste it's very very bad taste yeah. it is the most vomit inducing movie I can think of at the moment and i'm sorry I, i'm getting very very um passionately annoyed which is very unusual for me but it's kind of all splurting out in one yeah. moment here but i'm glad that it, i'm glad that old hollywood twitter is actively going around saying Hey, you don't want to watch Blonde, you know? You want to watch some like it hot and seven year itch. That's what you want to watch. Come on, let's come and watch this. Celebrate yeah. rather than be sad. But and be sad for reasons that are sometimes fictional. Yeah. Which is the most egregious thing about it. Like if it was actually just dealing with true events wouldn't really be an issue yes it'd be a bit like i'd be questioning oh, why have you literally just focused on the bad like do a bit of you know positivity but it's the fact there's elements of it that are fictionalized yeah i'm rant over rant over <laughs> I've, I've finished fair fair rant of a uh, fair uh boycotting I, I i would agree um, I've I've seen enough kind of people talk about scenes in the movie and things to to not need to watch it. Um, scenes of them making her look incredibly stupid and, uh, like I said, infantilizing her and um, depicting not just her as a sexual kind of figure, but in in very abusive ways as well. So, um, yeah, don't don't really need to see that. No. Certainly not. Let's go and, and watch. I'm glad Jensen several people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and I'm glad several people feel the same. So, uh, yeah, we did get some uh, news in the uh, MCU camp. Of, we did, we certainly did. Yes, we certainly yes. did. Let's let's <laughs> change the uh, topic of the subject matter and the attitude yeah. straight yes. away, um, <laughs> or quickly, I should say. Yes, MCU news. We have got some more MCU news. We can't get away from MCU no. news, can we? What's this then? So, uh, apparently the Armor Wars show is now going to be an Armor Wars movie. So, uh, as I kind of teased at the beginning of the show, uh, Don Cheadle's War Machine is going to get a spotlight kind of role. So, long time so. MCU sidekick getting his own movie. And people still can't seem to want to uh, separate him from the white man star. Same thing they've been doing with Anthony Mackie's Captain America, constantly trying to throw out these rumors that uh, Steve Rogers is coming back and all of these things. They're now kind of pushing, instead of just talking about, wow, Don Cheadle, great actor, getting right. to spotlight a cool black character. Um, 
I mean, instead my... it's about instead the, the the focus is on from people like Grace Randolph and that Soups guy. Um, oh, massive, <laughs> uh, just to name a few. Surprise. <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe uh, Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back and be the no. AI in his suit. No, he isn't. Even and and even if he did do that, okay, that's cool. But let's focus on the fact that we're getting this sidekick character, a cool black character, a great actor getting to be have a spotlight in the MCU. And, you know, all of the one of the biggest arguments in terms of the casting thing with Little Mermaid and all of that is, you know, even from from black people who don't agree with the casting because they feel like it's, you know, why don't we create our own characters? Why don't we highlight our own characters? Why are they just giving us the leftovers? There are some black people who do feel that way. And some white people who add that to their list of kind of crazy arguments. Um, Why would you want the leftover characters? Why would you just want to change a character instead of just highlighting your own characters or creating new black characters. Well, here we are getting to highlight a black character and you're still tacking on the biggest news about that is about the white guy who he was a sidekick to. (laughs) So that's been kind of a frustrating and seeing the rollout of this news because the same thing happened with Anthony Mackie when they were talking about him being the new Captain America. So very frustrating rollout to this news. But if you look at it and focus on the great part of it, I'm really excited that this is happening. Some people might have the attitude that, okay, well, maybe the show wasn't good enough and didn't have enough for a show. And so they made it a movie. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't know how true that is. I, I would prefer to look <laughs> at it. Yeah. I would prefer to look at it in the sense that, no, he deserves the big screen treatment yeah, exactly. in what is really you know war machines movie yeah it, he is the he's going to be the absolute lead of this movie my only issue with this is the fact that don Cheadle will be 85 at the time that this movie is released <laughs> and no he won't but he's, he's not a young man don Cheadle. no and i mean his character already has like some you know yeah several issues severe with their legs. injuries <laughs> yes some spinal injuries and uh yeah he is a bit up there but i think you know he could probably do it just for the fact that like he's gonna be in a cgi suit for most of everything i mean that's true yeah, and that robert downey jr i think he he first played iron man when he was in his 40s so uh yeah i mean you forget you forget really don't yes. you that... and now you, <laughs> i just feel really even worse for Terrence Howard because it was a whole oh, money no. dispute that I know. had him not come back. Uh only Terrence for Howard it to now had this. he had he just you know hung out, hung in there, taken his little, you know, sidekick pay. <laughs> he could have been his star in his own movie right now and been making the big bucks. No foresight from Terrence Howard. <laughs> no. For, no for vein. No 16 vein. <laughs> years down the line or something yeah. like that or however long it's going to be 18 he, years yes. even when his armor yes. was 24 24 i think yeah so six yes yeah, 16 years later having foresight he could have finally silly got his due yeah silly tower <laughs> but no um look I, I don't know really anything about what's going to happen with armor walls other than the fact that it, it's kind of war machines thing and it's probably yeah, going great. to be quite uh shooty shooty focused yes but then again that's kind of you know roadie is a 
a military officer, isn't he? So you kind of you you, you imagine that is, but it, it's going to be metal clad warriors going against yes. metal clad warriors by the hooks yes it, so. and you know if it's in terms of armor wars and and stark tech kind of getting out there um yeah. are we gonna see appearances from white vision are we gonna see appearances Possibly. from from uh iron heart and and things like that so right, uh, exactly. definitely curious exactly. to see who could come in uh, in terms of what this story is talking about um even though all the children who can't realize that people have actually died in a certain yeah. cinematic universe are we gonna just get let our... them die let them die they've died i'm sorry you know th this is what happens this is why people struggle to deal with death yes in the real world Janine, I because think. And this are is these movies sadness. just bring them back to us in some ways? Exactly. Yeah, like I think it would be really cool if Tony was his AI. Like, but I don't want that to be the focus of what this movie could be. You know. So, are we going to get Sharon uh, Carter coming back and do, being some do some meddling and dealing? You know, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes. So, you know, where's, I'm really where's, curious. where's Zemo been? He's not. He's not going to be in this Thunderbolts thing, is he? Going to be in this Thunderbolts thing? I don't know. Well, that's a great segue into our next little MCU topic here, Morgan. It is You're actually. Just on it. You're just on it, it today. Um, yeah, so um, I'm really a, excited. That was an accident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of the Thunderbolts, uh, with the passing of William Hurt, uh, they I think they did want to carry on stories with that character. So they were looking at some recasting in the rumors. The rumors are saying that they're looking at uh, Harrison Ford for some potential uh, Thunderbolt Ross casting. Again, because, uh, you know, I... you would think the Thunderbolts are based off of kind of him, right? So, like, well, they team. are. So it's just, you know. Where is he? Yeah, exactly. You, you know, you kind of, you almost need, you, you do kind of need him. Or at least, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. They might do it as a... Because it's going to be, is it, uh, what's her face? Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Valentina, yeah. whatever her face mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Um, maybe she, <laughs> I don't know her full name, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, maybe she's just like a big fan of Thunderbolt Ross and is like want to, wants to remember his legacy. If they are even going to kill off Thunderbolt Ross, we don't know. No. So, yeah, it's just this rumor talks of them really wanting to uh, have Harrison Ford and that, you know, that potentially he's on board. I've heard rumors about how this was something that they wanted to announce at D23, but Kathleen Kennedy wanted the focus to purely be on Indiana Jones. So she was like, no way. Oh. Um, but who knows? I don't know how true this is. This is just kind of what the streets are saying. I did see. Uh, I, I did you know, see Harrison Ford maybe... does not seem like the type who would want to do something like a MCU. Not, not you know? at all. Like, I, I was see... shocked when a Robert Redford joined the MCU, and he only did it yeah. at the request of like grandkids and things. So you know, yeah, yeah. What's this it wasn't like this is a complex. Picture. This is a complex character. I really need to play. You know, I you know. It's not like Helen Mirren wanting to be part of the Fast and Furious franchise and really being excited no. to be a part of it. No. Um, Harrison Ford doesn't seem like he would want to be a part of a, a multi-contract kind of franchise again. No, not because, at all. Yeah, the not only kind of franchise all. he ever expressed any love for was Indiana Jones. Like, that's a character he's always loved to play. Um, 
so yeah, seeing someone like him join the MC, would it be cool? Yes, but it would also be very shocking because this just does not seem like something he would, you know, grumpy old Harrison Ford would be down for. But I, I, that's, I would, what it, that's the word on the street, so. I would almost not like it. I mean, I know you say it would be cool, and I, um, I, I don't think I'd be able to look past the fact that I would be able to tell this would be something that Harrison Ford would not really want to be doing. And, you know, if he if he was to show up in this, I would just be like, oh, th- why? Why? Why, why is vote? he doing this? Go <laughs> and just was always... yeah. <laughs> lie down somewhere, Harrison. You've earned your way, yes. you know. Crack and that again, whip and then go take a nap. And you're again. <laughs> I don't even like that Indiana Jones 5's happening. I don't like it. I, do, it, I just I mean, they showed us some footage and it looks pretty great. And the, the and how is, how emotional Harrison Ford got yes. has me optimistic. James Mangold is a great director. I mean, yes. I I, don't, I can't think of anything of his that I didn't care for. Um And this is so, fair enough. And this is yeah. absolutely fair enough. Also, I'll I'll use this point again because at this point is is actually valid this time. Harrison Ford will be eighty five years old by the fact by the time Thunderbolts comes out. He look I know I use the same joke for Don Cheadle, but the fact is Harrison Ford is not just actually old, but visibly old, and like just he should he. he you shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't be starting in movie franchises now. You sh- yeah, you, it's just. Fair. It's just. It's just a bad decision. But I mean, then I, so then you probably wouldn't appreciate my my pick for casting because he's probably older, well. <laughs> if not just as old. Um, my vote would just be bring bring Sam Elliott back. Bring the mustache I mean, back. He played the character before. Now, <laughs> just just do that. Just, just bring him back. However, I'm not massively against that because if there's one thing they've been doing, it's bringing old cast members back. Exactly. So it would movies. be it would so be this kind of meta. It would it. be this meta casting. Uh, it would still work, and and he played why not the character even, before. Just do why it. not even do it in the sense that Thunderbolt William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross has actually passed away. And they go wishy wishy oh wishy my gosh. wishy multiverse, multiverse jump. pull Let's Sam pull. Elliott out. Ah, I love that. This would actually <laughs> at least make sense. And I know I, I, I could use the exact same argument. Sam Elliott will be eighty-five years old at the time this comes out. But however, <laughs> but somehow but he has actually cool played Thunderbolt Ross. And if is perhaps this is just the last time you'll ever see Thunderbolt Ross. Perhaps yeah. that. Perhaps that's what this will be. So I think he could probably do it as a one-off, and therefore I think probably you know Harrison Ford could do it as a one-off. Yeah, by all means, could do it as a one-off. Um, I did read that they were looking at Harrison Ford at the very beginning for Thunderbolt Ross, um, and and I just think he was very much against doing that <laughs> at that point in his yeah. life. So they went for William Hurt, who, who's been. You know, great as he's been great as Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Um, but your adoration of Sam Elliott, Janine, I think, would even in even in his incredibly old years that he is now. I mean, he's got to be 
He's got to yeah, be mid seventies. Yeah, but he's oh got to be mid seventies. Still, still in love with Sam Elliott. I'm sorry. Not as Thunderbolt <laughs> Ross though. I mean, Sam Elliott as Thunderbolt Ross in Angley's Hulk is the most harsh-looking individual. I used to be terrified of Sam I mean, Elliott. He was born in 1944. Wow. 1940, 78. See, so not 85. He's 78. <laughs> Might as well get Clint Eastwood to do it. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, for God's okay, sake. Okay, well, let's see how old is Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford's not 70. He might be, actually. <laughs> I bet he is. He's I bet two Harrison... years older than Sam Harrison Elliot. Ford's 80 years old. 42. <laughs> Harrison Ford is 80 years old. Sam Elliott is two years younger than Harrison Ford, so that, that seals the pick right there. I did not realize Harrison Ford was 80. That's ridiculous. <laughs> What's he doing, Indiana Jones 5 for? Go and rest, you mad, mad man. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Fair enough. Bring Sam Elliott in. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Bring Sam Elliott in. <laughs> Why not? People are insane. Yeah. Old actors are built differently. Big I'll just job. say that. Go on, I mean, Christopher, Christopher, Christopher Lee played Saruman when he was 92, didn't he? Yeah. So, it why not? Yeah. Why not? It wasn't like, uh, I don't know, who, who else was in movies at ridiculously late age? Somebody, Harry Dean Stanton. Before yeah. Harry Dean Stanton died. Also in the he, MCU. <laughs> was he not like 98 or something like that? Ridiculously old. He was pretty old, yeah. Um, in that Lucky movie. I want to see how old Harry Dean Stanton was in that <laughs> now. Um, anyway, that's not really relevant. But Harrison Ford could look, could do it, I think, if it's a if yeah. it's a one-off. But I do think. Almost the more universe-appropriate thing to do at the moment um, would be just to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> wishy, 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 pull Sam Elliott out. Harry Dean Stanton was born in 1926. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely, like, 98 when that movie yeah. came out. Yes, 91. 91. 91? When he died, when he died. yeah. No, not 98. <laughs> what am I talking about? What are maths? 1926. You wouldn't be 98 now, if you were born in 1926. <laughs> he was 91 when he died. Yeah. But yeah, he was still acting. And he, stuff. Still, he, he did yeah. that movie then when he was 90. Yeah. 20, he died in 2017. He did Lucky in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Or it he came did that out movie in 2017. He did that movie yeah. when he was 90. And Harry Dean Stanton also in the MCU. So, you know, nice little, little Easy. circles. Yeah. Who is Harry Dean Stanton <laughs> in the MCU? <laughs> what? Um... He's in Avengers, I believe, when the Hulk uh, turns back into Bruce oh, Banner. He he's, he's the, the guy. Cleaner, isn't yeah, he? Yes, he gets him some clothes, and I think that's where he gets a little bike from to like get to the battle. Of course he <laughs> yes. is. Yes. Of course he's like the he janitor is. guy. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he thinks he's like a spaceman or like an alien or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'd forgotten about that. I'd yes. completely forgotten about that. So it's very relevant. 
a, a very so you did yeah. it again very relevant example I'm, you I'm gave doing there. these completely by accident today I'm, i must be on form yes, i don't know yes, very much. then who's to say that either harrison ford or certainly the positively young and spry sam elliott when compared to the other people <laughs> young and spry two years younger um, young and spry wouldn't be able to do it i mean yes. don Cheadle at this point looks like a 12 year old compared to these guys so don't don't kevin hart don't kevin hart poor don Cheadle. that famous clip where don Cheadle tells to kevin hart how old he was and kevin hart's natural reaction is god damn <laughs> And then Don Cheadle's like, <laughs> I mean, no, Don Cheadle looks aggressively good for his age, though. Yes, black don't crack, black don't crack. To be fair, so does like, yeah, when you think about all older black men in the MCU, Sam Jackson is in his 70s. Yes. Back. Which is just ridiculous. So, and he's got a a TV show coming soon, hasn't he? So, yeah. No, why not? It doesn't matter what he's old, what he's aged, just... what he's young. I'm not being ageist. I just wish people would, you know, just settle down at some point in their lives. Yes, just relax. Not You've settle down, it. but just like yeah, yeah. Just go relax. And rest. Yeah, you've done your part. You've contributed. To our entertainment now go rest you yourself. deserve rest yes value some rest please anyway <laughs> anyway 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 i think that's going to do it for our what's yes. up today Janine. yes um oh, no, no, no it's not actually it's not i want we wanted to bring up one more thing which was the, the there's a little bit of news of a possible uh or probable oh um, i think it's actually happening uh, reboot of American Pie. Yeah, is weird because I really like American Pie. Yeah, I mean, and it's uh, I don't know if it's going to be this kind of uh, Gen Z version. Uh, Seems like it, doesn't so it? So it's gonna, it's not going to hit the same beats. It's not going to be dealing with the same kind of things. It's not going to have the same kind of mentality that those movies had. So. I don't know if I really care to see a Gen Z version of American Pie because that's not my generation. But something like Bodies, 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 I had a ton of fun with, you know. Which this I have been able movie. to see, but I haven't actually seen yet. Unfortunately, yeah, I will see, see, it. see it. I will yes. see it. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's me not seeing it or whether it's an actual thing. I don't and know, I mean the stigma around very the, stig the stigma and like you know the difficulty of having sex at that age yes, is not really an obstacle that much anymore. So there, there, there was there was at that point, and not that I was a teenager at, at you know when at the first age. American Pie came out, but I think a lot of the things were still relevant when I was <laughs> when I watched the movie. Yeah. Um, for the first, or when I watched all the movies for the first time, was that there was still a kind of inherent obsession with uh, getting a peek of something somewhere, you know, like yeah, that sort like a very of much thing. Porky's kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's that's admittedly a bit creepy. Yeah. Of course it is, but there's this just teenage kind of. Uh, maybe because there's a little bit of, you know, 
danger, a little bit of, oh, you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, isn't it exciting? Oh, isn't it fun? Yeah. Look at all these new things. I'm a little bit obsessed all the time. Yeah. Um, that very much comes across in American Pie. I think it is the absolute most... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. it. It's the most obsessive of sex comedies. Yeah. In terms of just being full of characters that cannot talk about anything other than, you know? Yeah. Um, I just don't feel like that's the case with... 18 17 18 year olds today yeah it definitely doesn't feel like they have those kind of similar i'm sure like, they still enjoy or... fun yeah. times together yes but, but i think um... and it's much more easier there's not a huge stigma around like or a build-up around that no, happening no. as much anymore i don't think it doesn't seem so but that's i think maybe it's all very because... much casual you know it's maybe because we just don't see it yeah, and because we're, not, we're not that anymore. Not, yes. So, yeah, I can't speak to that, but kind of just what I've seen in other kind of depictions of people this age, they seem very much a lot more free in terms of sexuality and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. So, the whole, a lot of American Pie is hiding things. Like, yeah. oh no, I've done something horrendous. I need to hide it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, but I really need to hide it. People are going to judge around. me horrendously. Yes, There's no embarrassment. Yeah. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any embarrassment anymore. And because it's such an embarrassing movie, yeah. or a movie that plays on embarrassment so much, and a franchise, really, you know, a movie series that plays on embarrassment so much. Yeah. I just think people aren't embarrassed anymore. <laughs> Yeah. People, I, I just get the impression that the 17, 18 year olds today are, are just not really fussed about what people yeah. think of them at all. It's like, yes, of course, I stuck my situation into a pie. What, <laughs> what harm has it done to you? Yeah. It's just like, well, it actually hasn't done any harm to me. Did you enjoy it? Yes, good. And that would be American so Pie in 2023, yeah. right? you know? So I don't know, I'm a little bit like, uh, I don't know what it's going to be like. I almost just want the to not be an American Pie reboot. And and if they're yeah, going to do a necessary. Gen Z, if they're going to do a Gen Z sex comedy, just do a Gen Z sex comedy. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be American Pie. Because those movies did what they needed to do and existed at a certain time where that stuff they're kind great. of made sense. And they're really funny and fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Leave unless it's gonna be a, unless it's gonna be another legacy sequel to American Pie, which I don't think it is. I don't think I be. think it's gonna be a whole new good thing. So because yeah, you've already had its legacy sequel. I don't think I I don't feel like I I I've been a little indifferent to it. Like I don't think it needs to happen, but if it does, okay, the other one will always be there. It's fine. <laughs> it's very, very true. Yeah. Well, there we are. And okay. of the what's up, Janine, it's let's talk time. It's old horror time. It's yes. spooky season celebration time again. Yes. My sign today says season of the witch. Not that we're talking about any witches, I don't no, think. No, but we, However, we are well into spooky season now. And yes. so we just want to do some fun topics, horror-related topics, because we love horror. We also love classics here. You know, we do have Certainly. our show. It's a wonderful podcast where we give love to classic films that get forgotten or not recognized. So I thought it would be fun to actually talk classic horror films films from the 60s 50s 40s 30s 
Yeah. Any no. from the twenties? Do we have any from the twenties? Any silent horrors that we'd be talking about today? I don't think so. No. <laughs> but unfortunately, great because there are great ones. Own, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, so no offense to the twenties at all. Um, but certainly not. <laughs> But yes. Some of the some of the most famous and and most uh, famous. Well, fa- I just said most famous. What am I talking about? Most famous, most famed, most successful, and frankly, biggest movies and movie stars were in the twenties. Janine, they're just forgotten about now. Yeah. A lot of them, which is unfortunate, but some of them aren't. A lot of them aren't. Well, a lot of them are, but. There are a good, a good plenty yeah. from the silent era horror movies that we can watch and celebrate. A lot of them, European movies, German movies, Danish movies, French yes. movies, things like this. Um, because it didn't matter, Janine, where your movies came from in the silent movie, because movies were a we're universal silent. language. Yes. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter now, does it really? You just Not put really. the subtitles on. I mean, people exactly. are obsessed. People, i.e. Janine, are obsessed with putting don't subtitles on even when that. they don't even need to. Um, Schmodown has... has uh, the Schmodown had its brain. grand finale this weekend, it Janine. Did, you don't have to focus on it anymore. Know, it's really sad, though. It is very sad. It is very sad. We might do, we might do a bit of a... Uh, Bit more of a schmodown discussion next week, perhaps. Yeah, we could do that. Have a mini machine Mondays. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, no, it'd be, it would be nice to because it obviously, I mean, I think we spoke about it. Yeah. A while ago on the show, anyway, didn't we? Yeah. How much it's meant to us. So maybe it would just be a reiteration of that kind of stuff if I spoke about it. Yes. Um, but yes, old horror movies. I think we have three particular ones each we wanted to talk about. Yes. This is from our, you know, our It's a Wonderful Podcast era. So it's it's, it's focusing on pre-early 70s, yes. mostly. As that's how we determine what we talk about on It's a Wonderful Podcast. Well, pre-early 70s, mostly. Because sometimes we go into the mid seventies. We do, depending on, on what the, the movie very is. rare occasion we've even gone into the late seventies. Yeah, certainly never passed there. And no, we'll never go past there because it would be wrong. It would that. feel wrong, Jane. Yes. It would feel feel. The only time we get a little modern in on the classics show is when we do a deja vu or a retrospective. Yes. But we're always focused yes. on the original classic version. Certainly. Certainly, yes. um, <laughs> but yes. So this is this is thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah, mainly focusing on here. We have three each. Janine, would you like to go first? And what is your first classic horror movie that you well, would this like is when to I, celebrate? I, well, this is one I briefly touched on when we did another horror kind of based episode, um, and it is wait. Until Dark from 1967. Uh, we did a whole podcast episode on this movie, and it was a really nice surprise, like seeing Audrey Hepburn in kind of more of a thriller type movie. Um, 
seeing Alan Arkin, who I always know is like your kindly grandpa type figure or your sassy old man, you know, grouchy old man type to be this really menacing, scary ass villain. Like he was really scary in this movie. He was brutal. He had like, you know, his crazy switchblade. Like he was not afraid to just kill people. Like he was this kind of really scary killer guy <laughs> villain. Also these um, disguises. yes to the point yeah he wears these creepy disguises so he can kind of skulk around and, and and manipulate situations and uh yeah so he was a great villain so to see alan arkin like that was a really kind of cool surprise uh basically tells the story of this blind woman and uh these men invade her house because she has something there that they need or that they want and they think it'll be easy to kind of, you know, she's blind, but, uh, you know, then she kind of has to use her blindness to kind of fight back against these guys. So Alan Arkin is the villain in this film with, yes, some very fun disguises. I think uh, one of the disguises does actually look like the the old glasses and mustache. <laughs> yes, I, I believe on our episode. guys. So if you haven't listened to our classic films podcast, we do something when somebody in our movie has a superb mustache. We indoctrate them into the Mustache Hall of Fame. Morgan has a whole list of every person he's put up in the Mustache Hall of Fame to recognize fabulous mustaches in classic yes. films. So Alan Arkin had a fake mustache in this movie. And I think there was a bit of a debate on whether we would allow him to be now, in the Mustache Hall of Fame check. or not with a fake mustache. Let me just. Well, there, there has been false mustaches in the Mustache yes, Hall of Fame yeah. in the past, but I think there the are, debate there was are like, actually, did this was this fake one good enough to warrant? Yeah, well, there are actually two accepted. women in the Mustache Hall of Fame for wearing fake mustaches. Yes. Um, Alan Arkin is in fact in the Mustache okay, so Hall of Fame. The, the debate was yes, he was allowed in. So yeah, yeah. I think it was just was this fake mustache good enough? to be accepted into the mustache hall of fame and it was it uh, was. so yeah just a very tense film um of him just kind of stalking her is she gonna you know be able to use her blindness and her kind of better knowledge of her surroundings and her space to get the upper hand on him um so yeah a movie that built great tension uh just a really nice surprise to see two actors who you've seen them kind of be completely different in things play to something that you've never seen them do before and and really doing a great job at it um and yeah just a really tense story um yeah i really like it as a horror movie as a thriller um great. it was just a really nice surprise so it's a great movie a unique yeah. movie mm -hmm. and a change of pace movie as well yes. which is always fun um yes we like wait until dark go and listen to the episode of it's a wonderful yes. podcast talking about it if you want to listen to more of us talking about that uh that particularly great movie well i'll also start with mine from the 60s then because it, it's going to be my my, my vincent price inclusion well, of course <laughs> because nobody embodies the spirit of this particular season more than vincent price does because yes. nobody has more fun with horror than vincent price does he does he's so great and vincent price is well w my favorite vincent price movie i don't think many people would say it's vincent price's best movie 
or their favourite of his movies, but it's mine. And it's The Haunted Palace from 1963. Yes. Which comes, you know, in the in the line of uh, Roger Corman directed Edgar Allan Poe adaptations starring Vincent Price. They're all lavishly coloured affairs. Um, incredibly humorously gothic in tone. Yes. Um, and just really impressively made for not a lot of money at all. Um, the aesthetic of them is uh, just so beautiful and brilliant and just they look like painted they look like paintings sometimes yes. and the scenes in the haunted palace when you when you're viewing the the castle itself and it does involve a distance, painting it, it is a literal <laughs> painting it does actually the story itself does involve a painting it does um but you know you get it's it's based on the case of charles dexter ward no, it's not. Then is it? It's not. Um, it's ah, I've got a, I've got it. I've not got it mixed up. The haunted palace itself is an Edgar Allan Poe yeah. title. It's based on a Lovecraft story. Yeah, which is the case of Charles Dexter Ward. Um, it it does still come alongside all the Poe, Corman, Price things. Anyway, yeah. um, but I actually think it is Vincent Price at his best in a horror movie because I think it shows him at his most it, it allows him to do the most range in a singular performance of his because he's playing two characters one of which is supremely confident and evil yeah, and one of which who is the ancestor of this supremely confident evil person who doesn't want to be taken over by this supremely confident evil person. Yeah, um, but who ends up kind of being he's vulnerable, he's charming, he's incredibly devious. Yes, but he's also what he does best: incredibly mopey. Nobody mopes like Vincent Price. He's the no. mopiest he's actor at it. Yeah. ever. And he's so good at it. I mean, he's at his mopey best in House of Usher. He's absolutely at his mopey best in House of Usher. He's just the most perfect embodiment of depression in a movie. And that movie itself is, you know, one of these um, real full uh Roger Coleman, Edgar Allan Poe yeah. adaptations that are, that are incredibly beautiful to watch and incredibly, um, you know, they, they come across, they don't come across as serious as they are either. Which yeah, I, I love and even, because, yeah, so even when he's playing these kind of mopey characters, you could still tell he's having a lot of fun with Yes, it. of course, yeah. of course. And you can, and you can in this movie, there's, it's it's such a great movie. It's my yes, favorite. You my you built this movie favorite. up to me so hard, and so when I finally saw it, I was like, okay, I see what he's talking about. Um, I think there has been there has been an episode. I think it was on a Janine hasn't seen. Yes, potentially on the podcast yeah, feed. I think so. Yeah. Talking the haunted palace, <laughs> just because I love it so much. I think the makeup in it is just wonderful. Yeah, it's so blatantly obvious that it's there. The atmosphere is really great as well. 
but it, it creates it's the perfect it's a perfect movie for Halloween. All of yeah. Vincent Price's movies, all of the vast majority of them, are perfect movies. I mean, for I'm Halloween. partial all these to horror movies. <laughs> I'm partial to Theater of Blood, but yeah, Theater of Blood is great. <laughs> so fun. The, the, the difference with Theater of Blood is that it's obviously a contemporary movie. It's a yes. modern movie. Mm-hmm. It's actually but set still... when it was made. Yes, but it's so silly and fun, just like everything else he does. So and the Haunted know. Palace obviously isn't set when it was made. It, it's no. it's, it's a, you know a nineteenth century, yeah, small New England town Sneaky, castle, atmospheric, dark. Yes, yeah, portrait. <laughs> yeah, that book. You know of of this warlock. This ancestral warlock. Doesn't it there's have like some... the Necronomicon in it? That, yes. That yeah. <laughs> there's 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 that weird demon thing that lives under the cellar. Yeah. Or like that they kind of feed sacrifices to. It's really yes. weird. It's weird. It's great. I will be watching the Haunted Palace yeah, within the next few weeks. One hundred percent. I love it. Yes. Yay. Next. <laughs> uh, so my next film is uh, one I actually really love from 1933. It is oh. The Invisible Man. <laughs> I know why you love this movie, Janine. Because I can always use it. hilarious <laughs> movie. <laughs> and I can always use Gloria Stewart as a bridge in a, in a Six Degrees game. You can. You can. It's, it's very useful. This movie is very useful in Six Degrees of Separation. <laughs> soon as you get what is it as soon as you get to uh, anyone from titanic yeah you can get to claude rains which yeah. means which means you can get to anybody from old hollywood yes exactly which is very so, useful yeah it's it's a, br- a great bridge both ways <laughs> um because there's so many people in titanic and then you know yeah <laughs> yes so a great branching movie, but not just for that. It is completely hilarious. He is, is. a madman. He's throwing people around, throwing people downstairs, pushing people in the street, riding around bicycles naked. And he's naked the whole time when he's causing all this havoc in the streets. <laughs> just some amazing visuals. Technically, the things they had to try to do back then to create the look of the Invisible Man and, you know, have him with like, you know, invisible things but still wearing clothes and uh, all of that looked really good for the time and using some really smart camera work um, I-, I loved how they were able to create that in in 1933 and yeah. still kind of pull it off really well uh, Claude Rains is just very maniacal and evil <laughs> like just the way he just gives zero fucks he's just going crazy I love it, it I, honestly, I, I honestly think the Invisible Man has the best camera effects yeah. in horror history. I do. Because for what it did at the time, it is absolutely, you know, adjusted for inflation the best. Yes. Because camera technology gets so much better, of course, and camera tricks get so much more evolved. But none were done as well with such little technological advancement than they were in the invisible man yes so well done um but yeah it just follows the story of a man who uses science to make himself invisible but also in turning himself invisible it also makes him very much more kind of 
like I said, maniacal and sinister than he kind of was before. Um, you know, he gets kind so of consumed horrible. by, yes, he gets consumed by the power that he's created for himself. And he's just going crazy, just effing stuff up all in the streets and just going loco, um, beating people up and yeah, causing havoc. It's just hilarious. Skipping like, along not... the streets and yeah. <laughs> singing, singing little that ditties. ridiculous song. <laughs> yes. Is, what is it that he sings? What's that remember. stupid song that he sings when he starts skipping up down the street? He's skipping he down the street. On. Yes. <laughs> it is a it is a weird movie. It is a hilarious movie. Yes. I think it is a a brilliant horror movie. Yes, I mean a, he's a, a great character, but you know, in terms of like horror aesthetic, but that movie is just really funny to me. It, it is a funny movie. It is a yeah. funny movie, but it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be finding this stuff way over the top that he's doing. Yeah. Because it's all about his kind of his own self arrogance. Yeah. Oh, I can get away Consuming with just him. doing all this craziness. Do, yeah. He he, you know, creates this thing and it the power just consumes him and makes him very much, you know. I have so much control. I can do whatever I want. Nothing's going to happen to me. No one can stop me. And uh, just kind of being uh, diseased by, almost by yeah. this this uh, immense power that he's been able to give himself. So I, mean, uh, let's, I, I like that yeah. part of the story it tells as well. But just the fact that, yeah, he's running yeah. around just <laughs> causing havoc is really fun. I mean, the, the book, which I have read, doesn't have a romance plot in it like the movie does. Yeah. There's no Gloria Stewart in the book. Oh, okay. It's way more just, just a series of scenes of him going to various places, yeah, causing chaos and then leaving, leaving, <laughs> or stealing something and then leaving, going to his old friend's house, playing a trick on him, leaving, <laughs> and it's just, until he gets obviously, you know, until he kills all those people on that train yes and gets actually chased down and find out and found out yes um, um but it is it's a crazy crazy movie claude rains is giving it <laughs> so his great. absolute all yes he's putting us all into this just um and then but then the romance scenes you do kind of see glimpses of who he used to be and the fact that she can kind of quell this insanity that he has for a few minutes just for him to kind of know it's too late you know kind of i've yeah. succumbed to this this is more important than anything um I mean, kind that's of energy the thing about, yeah it's heartbreaking the about those universal parts, monsters yeah. though those they're universal monsters kind of heartbreaking they're all sadly romantic yeah I think that's a that's a real good strong through line of them. Even Frankenstein's monster. I mean, you don't think of Frankenstein's monster as massively romantic, but in the one scene, he shows some sort of affection towards somebody else. What does the bride do? Scream in his face. Yeah, they're very sadly romantic characters. Dracula is creepily romantic, sure, but it's what ends up killing him. <laughs> creepily romantic the wolfman's very sadly romantic long yes. cheney jr in that mm -hmm. movie yeah the mummy it's literally you know that um imhotep's entire situation yeah is finding his lost love it's all about love yeah the universal monster movies even though the invisible man book isn't really about romance and love 
But yeah, told, I, I like that they added the romance to kind of give yeah. that through line and bring some humanity to this character who, yes, up to that point, we've just seen been crazy and violent. And, and let's not <laughs> forget as well about the phenomenal supporting cast in The Invisible Man, including yes, the great Una, great, great Una O'Connor. O'Connor. She's so good. I love her. Great we, character actress. Yeah. We think of the great scream queens of horror nobody ever mentions una o'connor who actually does have the single best scream in the, en yes, the entirety of horror history she's because great. her screams come alongside a lot of going oh and like bug eyes and yeah she's and, she's a great yeah then and saying things like that yeah so that we also must accent, mention yeah. That one mustachioed policeman in the Invisible oh, yes. Man who walks about everywhere, fumbling and bumbling and going, "Hello, what's going yes. on here?" Then it's very much your stereotypical, like old Britishy <laughs> copper. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what's going on here. He's invisible. How can he be invisible? That doesn't make any sense. It's yes. ridiculous. They're not even in London. <laughs> <laughs> the nowhere near London. The no, the nowhere near London. <laughs> Let you just have him doing this whole bit, like it's great. I, actually, I went on a, uh, I went on a road trip around the south east of England. Was it last year? Mm -hmm. uh, it must have been last year. It must have been about this time last year, or just slightly early. No, I think it was literally around this time last year, actually. Um, and. I could have gone to the village where the Invisible Man's actually set. It's called oh, Iping. Wow. However, there's nothing there. It's like there's, there's, it's not even a place. There's there's like one street. <laughs> oh my god! There's, it's not even a place. It's absolutely tidy. And the Invisible Man, this famous, ridiculously famous story, is set in this nothing possibly obscure village. <laughs> in sussex okay. so it's it's really weird it's really weird. so I, I i decided not to go because i'd literally be going like two hours out of my out way of your way down ridiculously horrible country yeah. roads just to see a picture saying i'm in iping this is where the invisible <laughs> man was pratting around for that entire yeah, running time around naked yeah that's um, but yes, but it is, so it's a wonderful movie. Definitely a classic film I have a lot of fun with. And uh, yeah, the tragedy of that character. And of course, I love the good, the romance. I like what you brought up about um, just all of those, these kinds of universal monsters having this humanity in terms of having these love stories that humanize yeah. them a little bit. So I, I love that theme with that. And we got, I got that in this movie. So yeah. Well, so here's one for you then from from my perspective which is is arguably the saddest of the universal monsters which is frankenstein's monster because i want to talk about the bride of frankenstein which for the longest time janine i would never admit was the best universal monster uh. movie because it wasn't one it wasn't the first movie you know it was uh, like yes mm -hmm. it was the second frankenstein yes. movie so i was always like no the no, first one the is always one. better Yes, I still, I still do think that holds true in in terms of say the Godfather. Yeah. I still think the first Godfather is actually better than the second Godfather. I think it's more focused. That's a discussion for another day. Yes, 
but I would never admit that The Bride of Frankenstein is actually the objectively best Universal monster movie, and it just is Morgan. so very much. I have not yes. seen... I've never seen The Bride of Frankenstein. Well, this is horrendous. <laughs> In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn around and I'm going to get all my Universal Monster Movies Funko Pops out for everybody who's watching the show yes. right now. So, well, in fact, they're all there. You can see them. They're all yes. there, actually. I don't need to bring them out. They're all there if, you watch, if you're watching on YouTube. Here's, here's a... Um, a reason for everybody not watching and just listening to go on and watch on the It's Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. Small subscribe. See, they can zoom in. They can zoom in. Oh yeah, yeah you <laughs> can see this. Can you not see this? I mean, maybe if you can't. Here's Frankenstein's monster. And the, he's got the little flower. He's got a little. He's got a little flower. Um, here's the here's the Invisible Man, which I just love. And he's he's black and white in black. And he's white, black. He's I in black and that, white. Yeah. Um, but they, these are the two we're actually talking about. I've also got Dracula down there as well. As yes. Vincent Price is actually down there um, the with, with a little cat. Yes. So, um, but yes, I, I'll leave these two just here. They can stay there <laughs> while I talk about how great The Bride of Frankenstein is. And I think how I think it's a it's a reason. It's a similar reason to what I was talking about with Vincent Price before, is that it actually allows itself to be a bit silly. Okay. It tells a genuine heartfelt story about Frankenstein's monster, you know, coming to terms with trying to be beaten down by the the village. Well, yeah. Um, tr really trying to find friendship. And the old blind man, his scenes with the old blind man are so beautiful. Becoming friends with the old blind man just for the old blind man to get killed. <laughs> and it's, it's what happens. Yeah, I think I knew about that. Um, um, definitely going to be something I watch the spooky season. But Please do. Oh, it's it's yes. very, very heartfelt. The scenes with Frankenstein's monster are very, very heartfelt. Boris Karloff's better in that movie than he is in Frankenstein. He's able to speak some words he's like thor ragnarok era hulk okay in in bride of frankenstein whereas he was just silent completely and grunting in in <laughs> 31 yeah um but yeah so any 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 scenes with Karloff as the monster are just so emotionally told just emotionally presented and emotionally performed and you really feel for them. And then every scene with Dr. Frankenstein and Dr. Pretorius just trying to create new things are just the most goofy mad scientist oh thing possible. <laughs> Dr. Is that Pretorius, where kind of all those stereotypes come from? Of like the, yes, the they come from Dr. Dr. Pretorius is the campest man you've ever come across. Dr. Pretorius's one weakness, I think, is gin. He says in the movie, He's like, oh, Jin, it's my only weakness. And he speaks like that. Yeah. Um, he's also the one who announces the birth of the Bride of Frankenstein by saying, the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, in this ridiculously okay. over-theatrical yes, way. I've seen that, yeah. Ernest Thesiger is delightful in this movie. I have to imagine that Vincent Price 
watch The Bride of Frankenstein and goes, when I start doing horror movies, I'm going to be like that guy. I'm going to invoke that guy. I'm um, going to be yes, like I mean, him. <laughs> but I mean, the first film already set up things of, of this character wanting to grow, wanting to learn, being curious about things, being kind and sympathetic, you know, and trying to understand that concept. Um, so to see him kind of continue to build on that. Um, yeah, he does. In the second movie. Um, and it's obviously it's incredibly sad when the bride even eventually does show up. And as soon as Karloff looks at her, she just goes, ah! And then he's just back down to being sad, worthless really. again. <laughs> you know, off back down to feeling worthless. That's that's yeah. kind of his whole situation, isn't he? He's a very, very sad character. Yeah. Um, I should say as well that Frankenstein, the book, is distinctly different to Frankenstein, the you know, the universal yeah. movie. They're basically not even the same thing. Oh, okay. It's insane how different they are. Um, both are great. I mean, the book's pretty good as well. Um, very good, really. But I love these scenes at the uh, scenes at the beginning and the end of Bride of Frankenstein that actually show Mary Shelley and Percy Shelley and Lord Byron sat in that house in Geneva where they wrote where or where she wrote Frankenstein on that um, stormy weekend or stormy oh, week mm -hmm. when all these great English writers were, were together. Yeah. Um, and they challenged each other to come up with scary stories. And Mary oh, Shelley, okay. eighteen-year-old Mary Shelley, ch churns out Frankenstein in a week. Okay. Makes you, you know makes that, but there's the so so Elsa Lanchester is playing Mary Shelley as well as playing the bride. Oh, okay. Um, even though I mean she's barely in it as the bride. The bride is such an iconic iconic figure. figure yeah, that look. in the movie for about twenty seconds. Yeah. Um, it's it's insane, but it's such a good movie. It's such yes, a good. Definitely movie. gonna watch it. It's been on my list forever, and I just. Never got around to it, but yeah. Yes, back back on the shelf with you, the monster. We'll call you yes. the monster, and back on the shelf with you, you <laughs> insane, crazy <laughs> lunatic. That laugh and the just what that... <laughs> what's the one like ridiculous thing he says to people? The Invisible Man. Does he not oh, like yes, have yes. some sort of one line? That's <laughs> one just, line like, that he silent. just says all the time. <laughs> That he just shouts at people all the time. He, he does. Yes. He's a shouty man. He's yes. a shouty, shouty he man. He's very loud. And the, the crazy laughter. I love it. I love it. So great. What is your last pick, Ginny? I think you know what my last pick is. Uh, 1956's The Bad Seed. The um, Bad Seed. Yes. Wow. I love this movie. Um, and I think it's just more kind of based in nostalgia as well. I do kind of talk about um, in my youth, my mom kind of just sitting us around and us watch, having like little family movie nights and watching movies together. And this was one of those movies that I actually watched pretty young and one of the first like black and white classic films I remember watching. Did you um, so, yeah, turn in... <laughs> into her from the bad seed when you watched um, it young? Maybe. No. That's not um... <laughs> good. You can't drown It was very people. informative, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, just 
kind of in going into doing our classic show and becoming a co-host on that, I didn't really have a lot of classics, you know, having been watched. Uh, but this was one I remember watching and really enjoying. I really liked the story of it. I like how they, um, they don't, and they're not really gratuitous with the violence of it. They just kind of hint at things and uh, describe things, but it's enough for you to feel the menace of this child. So it's basically like the sweet little girl and she's very murderous. If she doesn't get her way, if, if she doesn't like something, if, you know, she's jealous of somebody, she will, she has no hesitation in just murdering them. And then just her mother trying to reconcile that and, and kind of be like, you know, why are you doing this? And her just really not even wanting to admit it to like, she won't even admit it to her mother that she's doing these things, but her mother knows. And so the fact that she kind of has to figure out where this is coming from. And I think it's a whole familial thing as well that the mother yeah. realizes it kind of skips a generation. Cause I think her mother or her father was somebody kind of very much of that violent murderous nature skipped her. And now it's in her daughter. And so now she kind of is just terrified of her own child and, you know, this is her baby, so she's very conflicted. So I like that they focus on the aspect of the mother trying to figure this out. And then just this girl, she is played brilliantly and uh, just very maniacal, very kind of do does this great switch of the sweet and bubbly and then kind of this violent, sinister turn when she needs to. And the way she can kind of just turn back on the, the sweetness with her little pigtails is just very unnerving. Yeah, um, it, it's where so many uh, tropes were made, I suppose, isn't it? It's, in, it's, it's an incredibly influential kind of story. Yeah. yeah, Patty McCormick. She did an amazing yes. job. Um, and then a great supporting performance by somebody in in a movie that we will be talking about on the Classic Films podcast. Um, her name is, oh, Eileen Heckert. Uh, yes. She, she is a woman who um, the little girl has been suspected of killing her son. And she goes there and she's drunk and she's just begging this little girl just to admit that she killed her son and took yeah. his little like bumblebee pin or something I mean, it and... was something completely ridiculous as well yeah and she's like i just, just want wanted... it please yeah like my son is gone please just give me the pin please just give it back to me that's all i want and she's she tries to lament with this, this just, you know tell just give it to me just sympathize with this little girl and and she's just not budging the little girl's just like i don't have it i didn't do anything and so to have that maddening thing after you've lost your child, um, Eileen Heckert, I think she actually got an Oscar nomination for this performance. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Yes. Uh, um, so just coming in and giving this kind of drunken monologue, just begging this evil little girl to just, you know, admit what she did and, and give her that pin back um, because that's her son rightfully won it. And uh, yeah, so just a great scene there. And I, yeah, I, like I said, I just love that they focus on the mother's conflict in in how to reconcile this and how to deal with this child that she raised, that's her baby. But to, to know this, she has this evil in her. And yeah, like I said, they don't outright show any kind of murders or anything, but the way they are able to kind of illustrate it and still you feel the menace of this little girl um, through that performance, I think is brilliant. So uh, yeah, just kind of nostalgic and the fact that this was one of the first kind of horror movies I've seen, first classic movies I've seen. 
um, and just really brilliantly told and and great performances. So it's I really a very very it. good movie. It yes, is. I really yeah. love the bad scene. I en- I enjoyed watching it because I think you suggested uh, it for an episode yes. of the main show before you ever came on the main show. Yes, I I because I you know I wanted to flex. I do know a little something about some classics, so you know you should check out the Bad Seed. It's a horror film. It's you know killer kid movie, black yeah. and white, great. So yeah, I, I remember recommending that to you to do on the show, and then I, I when I joined the show, I was like, damn it, I wanted to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So uh, yeah. Well, there you are. You 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 and your fondness for the bad scene. It is yes. a great movie. It yes. is a great movie. Um, a very 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 evil movie. Yes. Sweetly dark. evil. Sweetly evil, but yeah. really really sits with you after like the, just yes. The... And and the ending is not wrapped up as as no. Good as, yeah, no, it is not. Very sad upsetting ending as well it is it's a quite a pessimistic movie in many ways yeah certainly one that makes you not trust anybody yeah um and you'll be terrified of having children so if you don't want to have children watch the bad seed and it will it'll reinforce it will reinforce your your attitude it will (laughs) exactly well my last one that I want to talk about is uh, another one from the 30s. This is the uh, oldest movie we talked about. Because this is 1931's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Because I refuse to call it by what it calls <laughs> what itself. Call it? yes. Which is, Janine? Dr. Jekyll. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Everybody in <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, 1931, refers to Dr. Jekyll as Dr. Dr. Jekyll. Have you ever in your life heard anybody refer to to Dr. Jekyll as Jekyll, Jekyll. apart oh. from in this movie? No, you haven't, because I'm fairly certain it only exists in this particular movie, because it yeah. certainly doesn't exist when the movie's made 10 years later with Spencer Tracy. Yes, it's they call him Jekyll. Jekyll. Yes. <laughs> they don't call him Jekyll, but they call Frederick March Jekyll. Jekyll, that whole movie. In this yes. movie. Which we do um, have an episode on the podcast feed as well. We do. Yes, there is, yes, there is an episode on this. There's also an episode on the Spencer Tracy version. Yes. Which, uh, the Spencer Tracy version is great. The 1941 one, it's, it's a very... Um, I, I would go... I was... Say it's probably a high budget, star studded kind of. Uh, we've got some monetary backing behind this movie. Let's make yeah. it look quite mm-hmm. polished. Yeah. Let's put a really good Spencer Tracy performance in there. But let's make the entire movie very. Is it Ingrid Bergman in the movie? Let's as have well? Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman, Bergman doing Lana a terrible, Turner. doing a terrible uh, Cockney accent. Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> It were great. It were great in that movie as well, um, and it is a very good adaptation of Jekyll and Hyde. Again, I've, I've read Jekyll and Hyde. You, you can blast through Jekyll and Hyde very quickly. It's a very short book. Um, but 1931's Jekyll and Hyde, Ruben Mamoulian directed with Friedrich March and Miriam Hopkins, is just weird. It is a weird, weird movie that is made incredibly creatively. There's in, there's just bizarre 
transitions and editing in this yeah. movie. There's focus shots, you know, like in like silent movies when you get the kind of circular, let's focus on this part of the frame shot. Yeah. Where it's as though the camera lens has been covered by a bit of paper and you're yes. just looking at a, a circle. That happens in this oh, movie. Yes, yes. Um, there's POV, POV in shots. this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a phenomenal trans transition Oh, that transition sequence. is really good. I think it's definitely actually even better than the the uh, Spencer Tracy's transition. It's yeah. way better than Spencer Tracy's tr uh, transformation. His, trans his original first transformation from Jekyll drinks the potion, turns into Hyde, looking at himself in the mirror, is brilliant. The makeup for Mr. Hyde is fantastic. When Friedrich March is Mr. Hyde, he's like some sort of mani maniacal animal. Yeah. He's not like just a, a villainous dude. Yeah. Like Spencer Tracy kind of is. He's just a bit evil, a bit kind of messed up, a bit uh, ego-focused. Yeah. You know, or id-focused, if you're going psychological with it. Yeah. The rain has picked up in this part of the yeah, world, I'm if like, we I can all hear this. Yeah. Um, I can't hear myself think, I'll be honest with you. But Friedrich March's Mr. Hyde is a, is, a, is a primal being. He's just, he's growling. He's jumping over things. Yeah. Um, he, he goes to, like, the opera and, and things like this. And... He's, he, he might as well be climbing on all the walls. He's really, he comes across as very, there's a real... Almost like a creature, yeah. He plays a, cre a very, very Mr. creature. You know, Mr. Hyde as, as a as very creature-like being. Um, but he obviously plays Jekyll very pleasant, very mild-mannered, very, you know, kind of someone you want to root for, which is the, yeah. it's the sad nature of Jekyll and Hyde anyway, isn't it? Um. But I love that movie for its its just bizarre creativity. Yeah. Because when, you know, you think of Universal in the early 30s doing the major horror movies, or most of the major horror movies, you get RKO as well. I think, actually, Jekyll and Hyde's an RKO movie. I think it's an RKO movie. King Kong yeah. is certainly an RKO movie. And that obviously does, you know, that maddeningly influential in terms yeah. of adventure spectacle movies, isn't it? And kind of tense suspense adventure movies. Um, but you think of, of, of most mainstream horror in the early thirties and it is the, is the universal formula and it does feel like a formula. Those universal movies, they follow a, a pattern. They look similar. They're in different locations, but you can tell a universal movie. They're not, they're very well made. They're very, yeah. very well made. They they are stricter in terms of the weirdness that they can have in their own filmmaking. And Ruben Mamoulian clearly was able to do whatever the hell he wanted to make Jekyll and Hyde. He was just like, yeah, yeah. we trust you, you weirdo. Yeah, go and go make, for it. Yeah. Go and make this Jekyll and Hyde movie. You weirdo. <laughs> we, had, we had this silent Jekyll and Hyde with um is it is it uh not Lionel Barrymore is it John Barrymore yeah I think it's John is it the father yeah I think it's John of the Barrymore. Barrymores or yeah. is it actually John Barrymore it might actually be John Barrymore in the 20s I think it's John. I think it's John Barrymore. um but we've got this one. we're making this one now 
Um, and yeah, just just being I was startled by how much filmmaking uniqueness was in 1931's Jekyll and Hyde when I first watched yeah. it. And I, I, I always love bringing that up. There is an episode of the main show on that as well. It is a wonderful old yes. horror movie it's for great. you to watch this season. Yeah, yes. Watch. Dr. Jekyll. Yes. Janine. <laughs> yes. Watch Dr. Jekyll. Watch Bride <laughs> of Frankenstein. Watch Haunted Palace. Watch Wait Until Dark. Watch... Um, the Invisible what Man. Else the Invisible Man. <laughs> and watch The, the Bad, bad Seed as well. Yes. Some great horror classics. So yeah, not everything has to be from the 70s or later to be a good horror movie. you got some great Although stuff. Although we like the 70s. We, we do. Like the 70s, 70s is a boom. It is But horror did not start. Decade. Horror did not start in the 70s. So go back. Horror did There's not start great in stuff. the 70s. There's some great stuff back then. So. I do admittedly think horror still peaked in the 70s though. It did. Definitely did. It really did. I, the seventies is absolutely unmatched when it comes to horror. It just, it just is. It and still then it is. only went up from there. Eighties, nineties, those mm. were kind of the biggest. I think you know we got. It went some... up in popularity. Yes. Quality wise. Yes, I didn't say quality. I just said it went up. It just went up in the okay. amount of horror we were getting in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yes, you are right. <laughs> you are absolutely right. Um, but of of course, there's there's pheno- loads of phenomenal old horror movies. Of course, yes. there is. So please seek them out. Seek them out, definitely. <laughs> well, I think it's time to end this week's episode, Janine, with a little bit of fun and games. We have a horror movie quotes game today. Yes. I have. Uh, we have five quotes each. I have taken seventies and eighties horror movies. Janine, you have taken nineties and two thousands horror movies. Yes. It is simply, what movie did this quote come from? Some are some are famous quotes. Some are less famous quotes. Others are quotes that I just like, and I think are weird. And if Janine gets <laughs> one in particular. I'll not only be incredibly impressed, but um, I, I might just... Oh, goodness. I might just have to insist that this is some sort of watch-along movie because I just find it a ridiculous movie. Anyway, horror movie quotes game. I'm so, I'm so in spirit of spooky season now. I, yes. I just want to say that I have <laughs> really started watching my horror movies. Yay! Talking about them, watching all those countdown documentary type things so good such a, a great little time bits of, of analysis and and just stuff like that all of featurettes and things like this all about things Yay. to do with bizarre horror movies so let's end the show janine with some fun and games all right i'm ready horror to lose <laughs> would you like to go first always in answering you yes. do always like to go first in answering. Get the okay. Embarrassment over with. <sighs> when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Is from which movie? Oh. Bonus point for who says the quote. Dawn of the Dead? 
It is from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Who says the quote? I don't know. So. I, I will. I will take actor's name. Um. In fact, I'll probably just take the actors' names. <sighs> Who says the quote? When the dead, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. I actually have never seen Dawn of the Dead. I mean, Dawn of the Dead's a good movie. I've, I've only seen the, the remake. Um, I don't know. Is, is that the one that is, that has Tom Savini? Is it Tom Savini? <laughs> Tom Savini is is in Dawn of the Dead. He plays a biker who gets biker, his head right? chopped off. Yes, um, yes. It's said by Ken Forey oh, in, in Dawn of the okay. Dead. Okay. Yes. As he's okay. looking down on all the, yeah. the zombies walking around <laughs> yes. them all. I call them zombies because I like to I like to think that the wombles came back as zombies. <laughs> yes, I like that. And they were just known as zombies. Zombies. <laughs> Okay. All right, Morgan. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. We're going to die out here. <laughs> Ooh. I know it. I know it. I know that. I've heard that. I'm scared to open my eyes. I'm scared to close. We're gonna die. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's Blair Witch Project, that. That is correct. Yes, of course <laughs> it is. That it would feel a little more vague than that. <laughs> yes, I was trying to do the uh, accent of people and the impression in my, in my oh, own yeah. head there. Yes, here's here's here's, an, here's a nice one for everybody as well. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. What? I could do an impression, but it wouldn't give it away. Oh. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Sounds like something that they'd say in Smile. I know. Oh, here are Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, oh no. I'm going to have to take your first answer, Janine. It's <sighs> Hellraiser. Oh. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. Well, that's probably not how Pinhead talks in the new one, considering Pinhead is a it's woman. A lady. <laughs> Which whoa, it doesn't whoa, really whoa, matter, does it? Pinhead's Pinhead. <laughs> Pinhead doesn't have to be a dude. Gender, Stop crying, yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. <ridiculous>. God. <laughs> As though All Doug right. Bradley hasn't given his... You know, say just like yes, I've seen tweets. Yeah. Doug Bradley's literally tweeted out saying how great. Um, I think you know what I forget her damn name now. Jamie something is is she called? Who mm, plays the new Hellraiser? A uh, new Pinhead. I don't remember. I I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. And for some yeah. reason, I think it's only going to come on the US and on Hulu. It better arrive on Disney Plus Aww. here, otherwise, I'm going to kick off Riot. with somebody. Well, yeah, I think Hulu is connected with Disney Plus and all that. So it is. Um, well, yes, it is. It is yeah. here, certainly. Okay, yes, Hellraiser. All right. Um, I've killed a lot of people. Just, just simply, I've killed a lot of people. Okay, I've killed a lot of people. Could be any, could be anybody, could be anybody, could be a war movie. 
it's not a war movie it's a specifically a horror movie i've killed a lot of people i've killed a lot of is it is it from scream sounds like something from scream i'm going to have to accept your first okay you you can be snarky with me (laughs) that is incorrect it is from american psycho american psycho yes at the end when he's on the phone and he calls his lawyer oh yes okay yes okay (laughs) american psycho uh, another one of those um let's all idolize the wrong type of character movies (laughs) (laughs) when people love patrick bateman and they shouldn't yes yeah i mean you might get this and you you might not and but you'll you i think you'll like where it's from if you don't get it look what your brother did to that door What your brother did to that door. Don't don't hear it in my accent. Look what your brother did to that door. Or the door. Not that it really matters. No, it doesn't. That's not gonna help me at all. Um I just find this is hilarious of a quote. I have no idea. What? Look what your brother did to that door. I'll I'll put a context clue of it's a particularly chaotic scene that this is kind of half shouted at in. As in and, and like the more the, like that made something like click in my head to sound more familiar. Look what your but... brother did to that door. Again, don't hear it in my accent. I could do a, a far better pinhead impression than I can an impression of yeah. this particular person. And if I did an impression of this particular person, you you might be inclined to actually guess where this movie. I mean, is it Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It is Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. It is. It is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It is the cook who uh, says that. Yes. To the hitchhiker the about Leatherface. The best broom beater in the business. He does. Whacking people with these brooms. But he's, no, but he wasn't even like, just like poking him at her. Here's ah, <laughs> ah. a brush. Yeah, he's basically like there, burying her with his brush. Not even like scarily violent. Oh, thank, you. thank you for cleaning me, the cook from Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, that's hilarious. All right. I'm going to get some donuts, some Prozac, see if I can't find some crack, and I'll be back when you all find your su- a subject more saved by the bellish. Oh. Oh. I mean, that's that's that sounds to me like a uh, an old late 90s, early 2000s uh, teen horror movie to me, Janine. Does it? <laughs> I don't know, though. I don't know, though. I don't recognize that quote, I'll be honest. You need to hear it again. Yes. I'm going to get some donuts, some Prozac, see if I can't find some crack, and I'll be back when y'all find a subject more saved by the bellish. Who talks about drugs? 
someone from I know what you did last summer, is it? No, I don't think it is, but I'll say that. That is incorrect. No. This is one of the smartest characters ever in a Scream film. In Scream 2. This is Joel, the cameraman. When people start dying, he's like, I'm going to get... You guys are talking about all these murders. I'm getting out of here. He was smart. He left town. Fair (laughs) enough. He was like, Gail, your last cameraman got killed. You didn't tell me this. I'm getting out of here. And he leaves town. And then Yes, fair enough. Yes. So yes, Joel. Black Joel, cameraman, smartest person ever in a, the Scream franchise. I need to, you know, I, I, Janine, I need to rewatch the Scream sequels. You do. Do that this spooky season, promise I me. I definitely need to rewatch the Scream sequels. Every time sequels. I bring them up, you are always. I'm like, clueless. Oh, that I'm happened? absolutely yeah. clueless. You are. I barely remember anything from them. I, I, I often watch the first movie, but I've seen the others one time each and just. Two is, two is a great one, too. I really like two. I don't register them, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Two, two is a um, solid entry for sure. I mean, you should you should know this one. To be fair, Janine, you should know this one. We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house. Um, but doesn't that happen in two different movies? Specifically, the quote is, "We've traced the call. It's coming from inside the house." What happens in two different 70s horror movies, right? I am aware. So that's why I'm like, which one is it? Like, are you trying to trick me? And it's like, no, I don't think I'm trying to trick. I don't think I'm trying to trick you. All right. When a stranger calls. It is when a stranger calls. Okay. It's not Black Christmas. Yeah, I'm like, if it's Black Christmas, I'm going to be so mad at you. Even though that exact (laughs) thing happens in Black Christmas. Yeah. That is is the when a stranger calls quote. Yes. Yes. All right. I think you'll get this one. Hopefully. Uh, (laughs) I haven't been keeping score. Uh, I missed one. You haven't. You've missed... Okay, yes, you missed Hellraiser, yeah. These are like smart bombs. You point them in the right direction, and shit gets real. Oh. I don't. Why do I always ask about the movies that I like, rather than getting you to ask me about the movies I like? <laughs> These are like smart bombs. You point them in the direction, and what? And shit gets real. Oh, I don't know. I've got absolutely no idea. Absolutely no idea. I really haven't. It's, I'm, in, I'm reference, so it, it's in reference to a body part. <laughs> a body part? I, I don't know. A clue. Oh, I don't no. know. Can okay. I have a context clue? I mean, well, you've just given me one. You've given one. me one. Yeah, yeah I've, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm shaming myself. Oh, well, to be fair, it was a fairly new movie that you'd seen. So, yeah. um, from Jennifer's Body. From Jennifer's Body. Okay. Yeah, she's talking about using her boobs. Boobs are like smart bombs. Ah, in yes. The right direction. Yes, it. that makes sense. <laughs> Jennifer's Body, a great movie, but yeah, certainly. It's... 
We've only seen it the one that. time. Yeah, I have only did, seen it the one time. We did time. that when we did our different decades of horror, a film from each decade. Gillian, yeah. if you get this one, I, I will personally give you a <laughs> horror movie gold star. Oh, okay. It takes all kind of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters. <laughs> In what may be the stupidest movie I watched for the first time last year. But oh my gosh. Is that the name of it? Is that the name of it? I think you've got this, haven't you? I, I, I don't remember if this is the name. And I don't think I've seen it. I think I've just seen like it on like Kill Counts or somebody yeah. talk about it or something. I would imagine James and Chelsea of the Kill Count rather like this ridiculous movie. Is this is it called Motel Hell? Is it is from it Motel is? Hell. Ah. Horror movie gold star for Janine. <laughs> it's Motel Hell. Please watch Motel Hell this year. Please. It's just I can't with Motel Hell. <laughs> I can't tell you anything about it. The way the movie treats its own subject is just ridiculous. Oh goodness. Like you think it sounds like okay, it's it's Texas chainsaw equivalent, you know, there's a bit yeah. of like cannibalism going on. But could it be treated any less seriously if it wanted to be? It's like super goofy. It's ridiculous. The, the, I know I don't want to tell you. I don't okay. want to tell you. I've never seen it. I just I I remember hearing you. the premise and seeing clips of it. So. It's a wonderful movie. You should watch it. Definitely. All right. Okay. Last one. I don't know. You probably won't get this. Oh, good. <laughs> but uh, you two should check out a mirror sometime. You look like shit run over twice. It's a good quote. It's a good line. I like that line. <laughs> I have no idea, no concept at all. Twins, something about twins. You two should look, you look like what? Shit run over twice. Something about ugly twins. <laughs> ugly twins? Um, ugly twins? Okay, I'll give you 90s. House of a Thousand Corpses. 90s teen horror energy. Oh, I had to close same. out on one of those. Damn thing, isn't it? Is that I know what you did last summer? It is. Yes. When they go to see <laughs> when they go to see Barry and he's a dick and he tells Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. Right, like it. Be, okay. Yes. All right. Good job, Morgan. Yay. Nice I didn't absolutely embarrass myself. I no, you did good. But well, I mean motel hell, I've just all the applause for for, for knowing you. that's from Motel Thank Hell. Thank you. It was a very memorable title. And yeah, just like, I don't know if I, I can't remember what I watched, somebody talking about it, kind of talking about the plot, showing clips of that yeah. exact line. And uh, yeah, it's a big, so, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's like a, it's an yeah. advertisement for their chicken yeah. restaurant or whatever it is. Yes. But fritter, like, fritter restaurant. Yeah. Yes. So yes, it I was aware of the all present. kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent's fritters, <laughs> fritters when it really just means people. Yeah. <laughs> gross so yeah yay yay spooky season, spooky season so continues to be celebrated <laughs> on yes. monday 
madness it certainly does another great show this week janine but this is not the only thing we have on the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel nor is it the only thing we have on the podcast feed is it no we have fun things happening on the channel all the time we just did a fun watch along of beetlejuice yesterday so uh we will have some spooky season watch alongs live discussions fun little videos from us morgan loves to share he's got a spooky season horror movie video collection video yes that will be starting this week I've got some horror reviews on the channel. So check all of that stuff out on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. Like, share, subscribe, do all of the things. But also you can find this show on the It's a Wonderful Podcast podcast feed in podcast form. And other things we have on the podcast feed, we have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday, where I force Morgan to watch things he hasn't seen. We're keeping that spooky as we talk the Purge franchise of films. Morgan's been avoiding them for years. A little too realistic horror for him, but I'm making him watch them so we will discuss so check out our talks on the purge franchise all month long on morgan hasn't seen podcast every wednesday and of course every friday we've talked about it the classic films podcast it's a wonderful podcast our flagship show we love talking old classic movies and we have some fun spooky stuff happening over there janine has to be (laughs) said we're opening up october with I'd I'd go. It's a retrospective. It's a retrospective. So you know, we're three movies here. Yeah, we're talking about. It is. It's my favorite episode since the last retrospective, yeah. which was the Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. retrospective. This one we've got on Friday has has been taking over our lives for like a week. Yes, it's been echoing in other aspects. It just everything <laughs> we're watching, our lives. things we're seeing, yeah, just things that are happening. Can't, we we can't, we can't get, get away from it. <laughs> we can't get away from it in in several different ways, and we just we love it. We yeah. love it. I mean, there may be a hint in uh, if I get the movie collection video out. Maybe a hint in that, yeah, as to what it is. Um, but, but it's a really a, fun a hell of a retrospective. Fun yes, we have two of those planned. So this first week we'll have our first retrospective, talk some fun horror, move classic films in between the month, and then close with another really cool horror yes, retrospective yes. where we talk its classics film and its remakes, any sequels it might have. So yeah, we're gonna, we have some fun stuff for the Classic Films Podcast as well. So check out It's a Wonderful Podcast every Friday. Morgan has seen every Wednesday. And of course, right here, Monday Madness, every Monday. Right here. Perfect. Anchor, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Subscribe and ding your notification bells on this YouTube channel as well. It has been scrolling at the bottom of the screen all episode long if you are watching. But links to the Patreon and the donation link in the description if you would like to support us. That way we cannot do what we do without your generous support and we are so endlessly grateful for it i mean that sincerely i know i don't sound sincere a great deal but i've been sincere (laughs) in this episode i was sincere about my distaste for the blonde movie (laughs) and i am sincere about how grateful i am for our wonderful patrons yeah um, certainly you can also find the show on twitter at it's a wonderful one find me on twitter at the purple don with a three instead of the e and the because janine three is the magic number 
on Instagram at just the purple dawn. All your delightfully spooky stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that scrolling below as well. Our Teespring shop. It's a wonderful podcast on teespring.com. We got some really fun designs over there. So please check it out. And if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Wonderful. Janine, do an impression from someone from one of your favorite horror movies. (laughs) Um, <clears throat> could be anybody. Anybody. <laughs> could be anybody. Doesn't have to be the invisible man. <laughs> I mean, at which point you could just go. Three, two, one. Ha ha. Bye.